Welcome, 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 everybody, to episode two of On Deck with Tony and Ken. Ken, tell me, how has your week been? My week, I've been good. I've, I've been good. I've been good. We finally wrapped up with school, um, and went the minute we wrapped up with school, and, and the great feeling of like, yes, I can finally relax and maybe go out to see my barbers. And then I got stuck with tier four, so uh, my barbers is closed. Or I like to say our barber is closed, so I look like a uh, a bear, to say the least. And yeah. My, my hairline's looking like the River Thames. Okay, <laughs> but, but besides like, that... You look like a sexy bear, though, right? That's the important Oh, bro, bro. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, you, you my mirror says otherwise. Those, right. Well, like I said, my mirror says otherwise, but I'm, I'm, I'll take it. I'll take the compliment. Thank you very much. Um, right. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. It's it, it, We've got to the point where... Um, where we're at the worst situation in the country. Uh, if people don't know, we are from London. We're from London, England, Britain, the UK, um, in the middle of South East London. And it has been one hell of a hell of a ride leading up these couple of days. But yeah, mm. like I said, I'm good. I'm good. How about you, Tony? How, how you been? I've been? I've been great. This week has been pretty chill. Um, work was smooth. We were supposed to have like this... Um, one of our higher ups um, sent us an email saying that he was planning this whole virtual Christmas party thing, which I think is a dumb idea, um, especially working in the public sector now. I know some people that have had like Christmas, uh, not even just Christmas events, but um, actually had like events um, over the, the pandemic. And they were actually sent things like drinks and cakes and stuff to the house by their management. And guess what we got, Ken? Check. Nothing. We 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 got nothing but an email invitation. But to add, add insult to injury, it was basically during half of our workday and say like, hey, we're giving you permission to finish half a day uh, early, but <laughs> only if you attend the party. So you had a choice. You have to work the whole day or you attend the party half the day. And even then... You don't get provided nothing. You just get provided the entertainment of seeing these people that I frankly don't know or care about. Well, uh, the, the thing that's funny about all of this is because I think every company does this, even my school does this. Mm-hmm. Um, they always try and look for ways to ensure well-being of the people that work for the company. Um, but what it sounds like with your company is like, yes, we have to tick the well-being box. But at the same time, we kind of have these people being lazy, <laughs> going home and doing stuff <laughs> early Christmas. No way. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous, but that's, that's not the worst of it, Ken, right? The day uh-huh. of, get yeah, email, oh, it's been cancelled. <laughs> but all of that was for nothing. All of that, all of that hey, nonsense. You can't, even make, you can't even make the excuse that it got cancelled because we're in tier four or cancelled because of COVID. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's all virtual. I anyway, think was, bro, I think it was cancelled because wild. people realised it was dumb. But um, yeah, speaking of tier four, Ken, um, what is tier four? Break it down to the people. What is tier four? What are we suffering um, through? Well, actually, I've, I've tried to describe it to some friends um, recently because I'm talking about like how's this affecting school? What's going to happen in January? Um, it's just like you know when you when you're in a game and you get to the final boss and then you beat the final boss. Mm. And then out of nowhere, because you've been working up this entire game, like, you know, the final boss is going to be, you know, the final boss is it. You're grinding, you get killed by him multiple times, and you finally beat him after how many hours of playing this game. And then tier four is the, oh, that wasn't my final form. And that's what, that's what tier four feels like. It's like, what? I thought the tiers only went up to three. I thought it was just three levels. But then Frieza evolved into his final form before you realize we're in tier four now. That's what tier four feels like, where, it's a harder boss now. 
that we have to beat. Um, after we've been preparing for all this time to beat level three, now we have to beat level four. Um, tier four is just sad. <laughs> sadness. And it's, it, it's, a, it's a weirdly necessary sadness. All the time I'm hearing other countries that, yeah, we bit COVID months ago <laughs> and we're just here struggling. I mean, something has to get done. But yeah, man, what, what are your thoughts? It's it's completely completely silly the way this whole year has been governed by the people that you know we've elected to put in charge, whether whether you voted for them or not is besides the point. But they are in charge and they're supposed to be working for us, right? But like I told you this, not until about this week I actually, well I say this week, but since they said we were going into tier three, I knew that we were in tiers. As far as I was concerned, at the beginning of the year, there was lockdown. Then there was like less lockdown. There was like, don't go outside unless you can go outside or you need to go outside or you have to. It, it, none of this stuff has ever made sense. It's like, don't do this, but do this if you have to do this. So we just been told, okay, we're going into tier three. And what is tier three? Tier three means, hey, you can go out and do some stuff, but certain stuff you can't do. Like, um, I don't know, I can't think of any examples, but for the most part, it seemed like things like, I don't know, shops were open, like, you know, re um, retail shops, you can go buy clothes. Um, supermarkets have never really closed. And restaurants were open. Next thing you know, I'm getting all excited, Ken. I'm thinking to myself, okay, cool. I want to go cinema because the cinema's opens. And guess what? Wonder Woman's coming out on the 16th. Yeah. Yes. I want to see London Woman. Like, when was the last time we've been able to go cinema and see a blockbuster? There was Tenant, and while. Tenant was, eh, it was, it was fine. People were hyping up Tenant. I thought it was fine. It was a seven out of ten. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't spectacular. It wasn't. It, it wasn't uh, spectacular. But yeah, no, um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I would love to do a review, like we can just discuss it in a future episode. But yeah, um, sure. I booked tickets for Wonder Woman. And wait, wait, 16th of December, do you mean? 16th of but bear in mind, this is two weeks before the announcement, right? Oh, two snap. So that date is gone, bro. <laughs> that, that date has been gone. So this is it, right? I booked the tickets for Wonder Woman. Time goes by, everything is calm. That's wild. You know, yeah. I've been enjoying this new freedom. I think it was like the second of December where they opened things up, like the gym, and I, you know, I've been going gym, feeling healthy, feeling like myself again. Not anymore. No, you're back to being a fat piece of crap. You know, I'm just going to be eating cakes all all over again. But we're getting ready to go to the cinema, right? And I think it's almost like a few days before there's the announcement that we're moving into tier four. And they say it's going to be on the 16th. I'm thinking, what the, what the heck? <laughs> that don't add up. <laughs> and at this point, I haven't actually been, spec I haven't been specified what tier four actually is. So the day of, I get myself an Uber. I'm dressed up to the nines because I want to make an event of it, right? I'm rocking my new Jordans that are looking like oh, delicious. And I'm there. And as I'm rolling past in the, the Uber, the Uber driver is taking the wrong turning. So we're taking the long way in, but I just see the cinema in the distance and everything is blacked out. There's no lights. I'm thinking, what the hell is going on? Did they forget to pay their electricity bill? Like I'm, the, the cinema is open because Wonder Woman's out on the 16th. Today is the 16th. I don't care what tier four is. Bear in mind, I haven't actually checked the parameters of tier four, but I'm thinking to myself, it must, it should be fine, right? It should be fine. And I get that it's closed and I'm looking at the email from Thingy uh, Odeon. They sent me a day before they actually refunded me, which is a touch. But it's just unfortunate that the day that they chose 
to start the tier four was the day Wonder Woman was coming out. I think it's some sort of propaganda, Ken. Personally, for me, I think this is Marvel flexing yeah. their, their wallet to basically yeah. undermine. Bro, the, what, what third eye triangle Illuminati conspiracy are we talking about here? I'm bro? just saying, it's, <laughs> like, it's too it's much like of a coincidence. Like the same day we go into tier four, Wonder Woman comes out and messes up my plans and my enjoyment. I personally, I feel personally attacked. No, as as uh, wicked and evil and incredibly successful as Marvel would be, I think this is purely coincidence. Um, it would have been great story to be like, <laughs> we figured out a way to mess with DC even more. <laughs> mm. But no, no, I, I think this was a, a horrible, horrible coincidence as these things seem to go of recent. Um, even down to like what it means for Christmas for people. Um, yeah. That's something that I've been thinking about a lot. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but um, this time of the year is the usually the time of depression. This year is by definition depression, but usually Christmas time, it's usually the time of uh, people feeling really, really low, um, suicide. Um, unfortunately, those numbers do go up. People feel really low. People feel quite rubbish this time of the year. Um, and and I, I think going into tier four, not even being able to see your family, it's not going to help a lot of people's well-beings. Um, and I think it's something that we should try and, oh boy, uh, try and address or even try and like put suggestions out there because it, it's it's really sad. Like, what can we do in this time where it's the is the most not the one most wonderful time of the year? Um, it's quite depressing. And to add upon that, we have COVID and tier four people have lost their lives. Things have not been great for people. Mm-hmm. I mean, what does this mean for your Christmas in particular? Like, do do are you someone that gets down during Christmas time? Or is it quite a joyous time for you? See, um, it's always been a a fluid time for me. I know people are very, very strict in their Christmas plans. It's always it always works out the same way for most people. Um, I've had the benefit that on a year-to-year basis, I could either be at a partner's place for Christmas or I have all of my extended family come over, like the cousins and stuff like that. Now, what it means now is that none of that's happening. I can't see my significant other for Christmas. I can't have my cousins over. So it's just going to be us in the house. And um, we're going to pretend like we enjoy each other's company. But there's no option to kind of, you know, vary the faces. It's just the people that I've spent this whole quarantine with again. And I can imagine, like, for all of those people that have been suffering through this, like seeing the same faces again and again and again, um, thinking, I'm I'm so I'm so sick of you. Like I'm I'm not even gonna pretend to have a Christmas spirit because I'm still seeing your face on Christmas. I could be seeing other faces. I could be merry. Um, but that aside, it's um it's it's a strange one. We this is unprecedented. We've never really suffered this kind of um level of no, no, we haven't. Imprisonment, do you want to call it that? Um, because a restriction. I think restriction is too generous. I think I think we we have been told that hey, you can't do what you want to do, and I get it. This is this is for our safety, right? Because it's a dangerous time. But I think what's messing up with people is the inconsistency of how they they implement this. It's it's stop and start. If, if lockdown was consi- uh, consistent from the beginning of the year, right, 
and we 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 knew how we was operating obviously people saying no we need to get back to normal we need to be able to do this but the fact that it's so stop and start and it's never really fully explained what it actually means we just have to kind of get it move on deal with it you know we're in tier four but what does tier four actually mean is is that the under the road is there a tier five six seven you know when is it going to reach the point of i don't know uh martial law where the streets are going to be governed by armed forces um, oh you mean like mad max where it's all governed by petrol or fallout where it's all governed by bottle caps um <laughs> we don't know bro we, we don't know i, I think um you're, you're absolutely right um, i think this tier four was triggered by the horrendous spike that happened when we came out of the lockdown and they just started panicking it's like okay we have to we have to make it a new number um good thing they didn't go backwards to say tier one was the worst and tier three was the least um mm. they left it open so in case we could go up to another number uh but yeah man uh, boy, like i said christmas is a bit funny this year I, I say we just abide by the law let's try and get it done as smoothly as possible it doesn't say i don't mean that the government has been perfect with this no the the, the communication to all of this has been not spectacular however um, the thing that doesn't change is I've really seen people online being like, no, 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 F the rules. I'm just going to still do what I want. I'm going to go out. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's not helping. <laughs> you don't no. you, look, look, everything's burning. You're not meant to add more flames to the fire. <laughs> like, yes, it is an inconvenience, but I, I want next Christmas to actually happen. And yeah. that can't happen if we, we have to sacrifice our time now. Like we, we keep telling kids, if you mess up, well, you have to go through the consequences. And unfortunately, we're paying the price of people that haven't been following uh, the rules. But yeah. whatever, man, it, it, it's Christmas. Let's try and keep up that Christmas spirit. Like, let's try and stay positive of all of this. Um, you know, like, do you have any Christmas traditions that you usually do every year? Like, like I have a couple, but I want to know what, what, what happens in your household. Like, what, what do you guys get up to uh, during Christmas? Let's keep it positive. Let's keep it positive, bro. <laughs> I know like, it may not be spectacularly positive, but yeah, man, let's, let's try to keep it positive. Generally speaking, on Christmas, um, I would say for the most part, I've more I've been more Grinch and Scrooge um, during Christmas. I have my moments where I'm like, you know, really, really about the Christmas spirit. But generally speaking, I'm, I'm tempered with my Christmas. I leave it to other people to plan and do the decorations and get into it. We In my house, we're a bit late with it at the moment. Granted... Um, it's it's a it's a weird Christmas, but in terms of traditions, right? Um, in the past, it's been the thing. Um, I'll spend part of it with my significant other, and the other half of it I will spend at home. But in terms of like traditions, it's like we almost have like accidental traditions where we don't say to ourselves, "Oh, this is how it's going to be." But one of the key traditions we have in my house is that, um, especially if we have all of the cousins over, um they start cooking very very late and when i mean there i'm referring to my mom and my aunt my aunt is kind of like my second mother she uh she she helped raise me um but when they they start cooking very very late even if they start like the day before to get things prepped in terms of like the core cooking to have like hot things on the table they will start late but there's been almost this weird tradition that like I don't know about you, Ken, but like typically speaking, like I don't know with white people, black people, if this is different, but like you, you open your presents on Christmas Day, right? That's I understand that yeah. to be the common thing. Now, this is the thing. 
we don't do that in my household. When the cousin is over, it's basically, no, 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 no. You don't get to open the presents until after we eat. There was one Christmas, I believe it was 2018, where they they started cooking in terms of like the main big stuff, getting it ready so late that we didn't actually eat until about midnight. So you got all of these young... <laughs> young adults and kids in a house starving their ass off miserable trying to find some sort of like enjoyment they're putting on music the parents complaining it's like no 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 no. you need to put our music putting on like this old crusty african music let me say let me not say crusty i love some of that stuff but it's been an even more miserable and thinking can we open the presents now it's like it's getting really late no 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 not until we have until we have christmas dinner so we're just like Imagine like, uh, is it little Timmy from A Christmas Carol? Where is is like he's just there with crutches, looking bummy, hungry. Uh, his stomach is rumbling, bro. Right, <laughs> rumbling. So just like these miserable kids on Christmas Day, bad. starving, waiting to open the present. But that's typically a tradition in my house. You do not have Christmas dinner until some ridiculous time, and you will not open your present until after then. What about you, Ken? Tell me about your household traditions. Um, for years, it was we didn't really have Christmas dinner. We just had um, uh, the food of all our peoples, of anyone that is um, from a family that is not from England, mm-hmm. predominantly Africa or you know the Caribbean or Asia. Yeah, we had rice <laughs> every every Christmas. You know, uh, a, a whole heaping of side dish because rice mm-hmm. is a side dish. It's not, it's not the main dish. It shouldn't be the main dish. But yeah, we just had a lot of rice. Um, but for the last few years, I think for the last five six years, um, what has happened is my sister would um, my sister would cook. My sister, my, my younger sister would also cook a bit and also make um, the dessert. And um, so I felt, and then my younger sister would do all the decorations. Uh, my job was to provide money for everything. <laughs> that's always so, the way that is always the way i mean i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be the guy that's gonna be like oh let me just enjoy it and not contribute my contribution is oh we need the christmas tree yeah can you get christmas trees oh we need wrapping paper all right ken like get the wrapping paper oh we need uh money for all the food that we're gonna cook cook for you yeah i don't complain i'm like yeah send me a list send me a list and i get everything um don't be annoyed if i don't get everything because if you don't stipulate <laughs> the details about the list then that's on you but yeah i i, I pay for everything mm. um not because i'm mr Moneybags. um no far from it i'm a teacher <laughs> but yeah. uh well then yeah I, I, i'm making decent money now actually i'm gonna lie but yeah. for, for, for a few years that's what I've, I've been doing i just finished doing the christmas shopping yesterday um paid for everything came up to quite a hefty price but i, I don't mind because that's my tradition i will take care of the um I'll take care of the Christmas money um, that is necessary. Uh, not the gifts. Um, people get their own gifts. But yeah, that's our tradition. My, my sister's cook. My, sis, my younger sister gets does decoration. Um, I pay for stuff. My dad usually cooks a bit. Uh, my mom doesn't cook. She cooks every other... Like She usually cooks the majority of the year anyway. Yeah. Um, but then um, it is my sister's that cook that day. So she just chills out. My gift to my mom is to, to chill out and enjoy the festivities just chill out and do nothing um that's our gift to you uh and everyone else just pipes in however e- even though we have our own traditions um th- there's there's a few traditions that are common in the um 
for everyone else or how it seems like on TV shows and films or maybe for other people in our country or even in America or Australia or wherever in the world that I, I think is a bit strange. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's something that has been adopted into, well, the Christmas culture. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, to just to name one, I think, I can't remember if it's China or, or Japan, uh, that Christmas to them is a KFC meal. Yeah, I've heard about that. I actually heard about that on an, another another show. Like, there's there's queues that go for miles outside a KFC for like sometimes they don't even have like a limited edition uh, Christmas burger or anything. It's just like a normal KFC burger, but it's like a thing to queue up outside of KFC during on Christmas. And is is that strange? Should we be doing that here? Like. Well, well it, it started I, off as a fast food marketing campaign yeah. um, by KFC. And then for some reason, the, uh, the Japanese people just swept it up and yeah. it became a staple. They don't even celebrate, you know, Christ. Well, not all of them, but it's just become the tradition in the country where Christmas to them is scooping a um, scooping a, a, a KFC meal. They, mm-hmm. they, they always, like, their Santa Claus is Colonel Sanders, like the KFC Colonel. That is crazy. Um, and it, it, it is wild because when you see the lines and everything, it's um, that that is how they celebrate. I wonder, I've never actually looked into it, but do they have like an Asian looking Colonel Sanders or is it just that, that, that white guy that we see everywhere? It's like, you go to Africa, right? It's not like you see like a black Colonel Sand- Sanders or you know, uh, a Ronald McDonald in blackface. It's the same white guy, white clown with a white face. And it's weird. Like, I could, I could, I feel like it's kind of a cool thing because to actually, you know, for Christmas queue outside a KFC, although KFC is, you know, it's fast food, but to kind of have that national identity where everybody goes to a fast food joint for Christmas, that's kind of, that's kind of cute. I would, I could imagine japan being weirder than that like almost like oh during christmas everybody dresses like a one-piece character and goes on some i don't know some sort of scavenging hunt for like one piece in the real world i would actually almost be more impressed that that they did that than uh anything else but in terms of like other traditions which i find like very strange um mistletoe like the idea of taking this little, I don't know, berry or herb, dangling over somebody and kissing them. Now, I don't know about you, Ken, but that sounds mad problematic. That sounds like a potential sexual sexual harassment suit in the making. Like, Well, it, it depends on the uh, the rules of engagement. Is it like, oh, there's a mistletoe here, so you must kiss me? Um, that's when it gets problematic because, <laughs> like, uh, um, you can't force anyone without consent to do anything that you don't want. So um, I, I, I don't know. That must the be in court cases. I've, I've never, say again. That must be in some sort of court, like right now happening in a court case where somebody's using that as evidence to say like, Mr. Johns will spend every Christmas chasing me around the office with some mistletoe, forcing me to kiss him and say, hey, it's mistletoe, you work for me, you better kiss with them. Ever since then, every Christmas, when I see mistletoe, I just cry. I could imagine that being a thing. <laughs> because it's like, <laughs> when when did that happen? Like, is this like something that's 
hundreds of years ago old or thousands of years old where somebody just said hey i have this 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 herb that grows probably throughout the year and i'm gonna dangle it over you and we must kiss it has yeah. been decided this is the way yeah i mean it it, it sounds problematic when you say it out loud, man. You know, I've been watching it ever since I'm a, I was a kid, and it's been tradition. I'm just like, oh, that is a bit. And but but they always frame it in TV shows and films where it's the uh, two attractive people that are meant to uh, be together, and sometimes it's that kind of it plays to the whole game that they're playing with each other. Like, oh, I don't even like you like that, Mister So. Oh, and then it's on. You know, it. it so yeah, it, it's become more tradition through TV and. It's incredibly, I don't know if you've ever experienced it. It's very awkward in real life. Oh, yeah. Very, very awkward. Of course. Um, especially, especially it's awkward if yeah. you know that girl in the office or you know that that friend of yours that's that's had a thing for you and you've always thought, like, mm, you're not really the one. And they're just there hanging by that doorway where the mistletoe is waiting for you, waiting for you to just cross to that section where the drinks are and thinking one of these one of these nights, Ken is just going to be walking my way. And when he does, I'm just going to lay my lips upon him. And it's going to be magic and we'll get married and we'll have millions of kids and he will love me forever and ever. And if he doesn't, I'm going to burn this place down. Everybody will die if I can't. Yeah, that, that's, whoa, <laughs> why are we here? <laughs> that's dark, man. <laughs> I'm just saying, man, Christmas is a dark time for some people, man. That's why they'd be rolling around with like, with the, apparatuses over their head with like mistletoe hoping somebody crosses them so they can forcefully kiss them it's gonna go from hashtag me too to hashtag hashtag christmas too it's it's a dangerous time ken christmas yeah. is not exempt for from sexual harassment <laughs> wait I, I don't know what to say man it's um, not good enough excuse that's all i'm saying yeah, I mean it's just it's just one of those things. Like even though it's a similar time, it, it, even though we know it, it was it was uh, about the birth of Christ, mm. or that that's what the holiday was primarily for. Different countries or different areas have taken it upon themselves to do different things um, during this time, and it's less so to do with um, what it was quote unquote supposed to be about, but more to do with oh this is how we celebrate this time of year. For yeah. example, the Christmas tree. I don't, I don't know if you know the origin of uh, the Christmas tree. Well, but like with all, most things, Christmas is pagan. Like there's the weird thing about Christmas, very, besides from the prayer and, you know, the, the, the prayer to Christ going to church that some people do, most of Christmas is actually pagan. Like Christ wasn't born you know, December 25th, you know, it's it's all based off of the winter solstice. So the cutting of a tree is a pagan tradition. Uh, laurel, laurel wreaths is pagan. Um, bloody Santa Claus is bloody German. Like if you, if you look into the history, it's a kind of an amalgamation of St. Nicholas and Santa Claus, who was actually green originally. And it was almost like they melded it together. Coca-Cola came in, slapped on the red, and now you have Father Christmas. Well, there was actually originally a Father Christmas, but the Santa Claus as we know it is a combination of paganism, Christianity, and corporate marketing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's um, it's nuts, man. Um, and I, I I fall for it every single time, man. I, I I love the time of Christmas. I love it all, 
Um, especially when it comes to uh, another tradition that everyone's familiar with, and that is the tradition of the Christmas movies. I think oh, yeah. everyone has uh, everyone has that Christmas movie that they genuinely love. Sometimes mm-hmm. the Christmas movie doesn't even relate to Christmas or very like very small connection to it, yeah. but everyone has that film that they uh, or a series or something that they watch on a yearly basis or even brand new because you know all these TV shows when it comes to the Christmas time they start doing Christmas episodes. Um, it's always something that people watch, whether it's new or something back in the day, mm-hmm. um, just because of the new Christmas time. Uh, and there's quite a few films that we've both both uh, mentioned recently. Yeah, that I think is quite um, it's quite interesting. Um, do you want to get started? You, like, actually, let's 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 start with the big one, the, the big elephant in the room that mm-hmm. people have been arguing for years: is Die Hard a Christmas film? Of course, it's set during Christmas. People are wearing Christmas jumpers. Just because several people die on the day does not make it any less Christmas. I mean, by that logic, is Iron Man 2 a Christmas film? Iron Man 2. Or was that Chris, uh, Iron Man 3? It was actually Iron Man, Iron Man 3. 3 that partly yeah. takes, uh, takes place during Christmas. I don't think it actually takes place during Christmas Day, but it's, we're, we're led to believe that it's in December leading up to Christmas. But Die Hard is actually on Christmas Day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, is that a rule? It has to be, on, if the film's on Christmas Day or around Christmas or by a day or so, Christmas Eve, so and so off, um, does that classify it as a Christmas film? Well, you know, it's the really weird thing about it. Yeah, if you think about most of most Christmas films, besides from them actually, like you know, depicting the nativity scene, most Christmas films just happen to be a film that takes place during Christmas. Like, I would love to play this game later. I'll I'll tell you the details in a in a, in a bit, but like. Die Hard, for me, I think is the greatest Christmas film ever. For some people, it's actually Home Alone. But if you really think about Home Alone, nothing about it talks about Christmas. It's just about a kid that's left at home during Christmas that abuses grown men. But for some people, that's <laughs> that's their favorite Christmas film. You look at Jingle yeah. All The Way, right? Jingle All The Way, I love that. That's Arnold at his greatest. Now, you can keep your Terminators because personally, there's only been two Terminator films and the rest of them has been failed attempt to actually maintain this dying franchise, right? Very actually yeah. saying that though, I do love Sarah Chronicle Chronicles. Like that's probably the second best product produced uh, in the Terminator universe. But Jingle All the Way, it's absolutely a brilliant film. It's hilarious. You got Arnie, you got Sinbad, and it's just about a guy that wants to make his kid happy on Christmas. Wait until the last minute to get his uh, Christmas gift. That's the hottest thing. You know, it's the PS5 because before the PS5 was the PS5, right? That new, yeah. um, I forgot what the, to- the toy was, but I-, I uh, always, it, was, it was Turbo Turbo Man, Turbo Man. Turbo Man, man. When I, when I first watched Jingle All The Way, I wanted Turbo Man. I wanted Turbo Man. <laughs> oh my <What>? God. <laughs> and to, and Yo, to think it was wild. actually years later, I think maybe in America at the time they probably when they when they launched that movie they probably released a Turbo Man toy. We never got it in the UK, but it was almost weird that years later I actually saw the toy in the real ones, like saying, "This is, this is, this is, this is not real. This is somebody just taking a this is somebody just taking an action man and painted it red." But I still want it. But it's one of those ones. It's like jingle all the way. It's not like it stopped to say, "Hey." 
prayed to Jesus Christ or Father Christmas is here in real life. There's actually been quite a few Father Christmas based films, but Jingle All The Way is just a movie that happens to take place during Christmas, right? Um, we mentioned um, Die Hard and um, we mentioned um, Home Alone. But that's the thing, right? It's like, it's just, it's a seasonal film because it takes place during that season. Um, I, but- I, I, I agree with you um, uh, for the most part, but I think there's one defining feature of all these films um, and that and what classifies them more strongly as a Christmas film or what mm-hmm. might not be classified as a Christmas film. And yeah. that is the fact that, okay, this film is happening, why? And if the answer is because Christmas or the spirit of Christmas, then to my by by, by that definition, it's a Christmas film. For example, we talk about um, Jingle All the Way. Mm-hmm. Um, it it t- talks a lot about the uh, economics of a country and how you know kids wanting a particular toy or doll or whatever, and the big rush of sorting that out for Christmas Day, and that's PlayStation Five and Xbox, um, the Xbox Series X or S. Um, and then we talk about uh, um, Home Alone. Home Alone, well, the reason why they left them at home is because Christmas, like everyone was the big rush of getting to see family during Christmas. Uh-huh. It's, it's, it's picking a lot of the reasoning behind Christmas. Um, you can talk about, uh, what's another one? Not Die Hard just yet. Um, another Christmas film. We could talk about Claws. Uh-huh. It, it's almost like the origin of Christmas or St. Nick or, you know, and all these other things where it's talking about the themes of christmas or the spirit of christmas or the reasoning or the reason is because christmas um i think claws is such a genius film you want to get into it later right okay cool yeah 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 um however with uh, uh, when we talk about iron man 3 mm-hmm. it just that like it, what, a lot of the themes or the lot of the things that set things in motion wasn't because of Christmas. But all the other films that I mentioned were because, you know, Christmas was a reasoning for the main driving force or a driving force what set some of the uh, things in motion, like mm. in um, uh, Home Alone. However, with Die Hard, um, it's, it's, it, it's a combination because everyone was meeting because it was the Christmas party. But that's the thing that set that particular thing in motion. But it wasn't, it didn't feel uh, as Christmassy or the main driving force was because of Christmas. So mm. I would say yes to no that hard because the reason why everyone was there is because of Christmas. But yeah. Christmas is usually tied with that like wholesome, nice, oh, feeling and by the end of the film. Oh, what have you learned about the Christmas spirit and stuff? Like you do get with Home Alone, with Jingle All The Way, with Claws, with a lot of these other Christmas films. But mm-hmm. with Die Hard, the moral of the story is, yeah, don't trust them Russians. <laughs> you yeah. know, don't trust those people f- across the water. They were Germans, by the way. But, ah, my bad, my bad. I, I mixed up my uh, villain of the week yeah, that America East, seems to always play. Eastern European ge- uh, generic villain. But there's something that I wanted to throw in there, uh, almost like as a subtopic, but why isn't there a sci-fi movie or TV show that has Christmas in it as a theme? Why isn't there like a sci-fi Christmas movie or TV show? Like I think of something like Star Trek, right? Mm-hmm. I've, I've watched all of Star Trek and I'm pretty sure maybe some of the, the spin-offs like Deep Space Nine or Voyager, but like other stuff like, you know, I don't know. Um, I love Farscape, which is like a lesser known sci-fi show. 
uh we both love um what was it um dark matter also watched killjoys yep. and i don't think there was ever like a christmas theme in it it's almost like with sci-fi to almost be to try to be more inclusive they try not to actually include specific religious um ceremony yeah um, well there's there's been a couple of episodes for example like um buffy the vampire slayer had mm. a um a christmas episode and obviously it was very buffy films they were still killing yeah. but it yeah. was around the whole theme of um christmas you also have with quantum leap i remember oh. there being like a a beautiful episode that was it, it was taking all the christmas uh uh uh, beats is like oh yeah yeah this is a Christmas episode I feel woman fuzzy about it yeah yeah man so so I, I think there are even Futurama they had the um Futurama holiday spectacular I think it was yeah. a small mini episode about Christmas with the uh, evil Santa that read the yeah. sleigh you're around. right so I, you're right I, I think I think they're out there but it, it's not as in your face and it's really um well our, our genre that we like to watch is sci-fi and fantasy. Mm. We, we don't, um, there's not a lot of these shows that are one popular or just on a regular basis just out there. Yeah. So a lot of shows do have Christmas specials, but because there's not a lot of sci-fi shows, um, the sci-fi specials I think are not as um, prevalent. However, one of the biggest shows that are sci-fi, Doctor Who. Doctor Who always has a Christmas special. That is very true. I stand corrected. They actually is. They actually are a lot more than I expected. There's quite a few. Yeah, but it seems like the the consistent thing it's it's TV that's able to execute, and I guess like they 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 have to fill a schedule from across the year. Um, I think it'll be a challenge for a uh, a movie studio to actually produce a Christmas themed sci fi movie. Like, I mean, spaceships with space weapons and lasers and Christmas wedged into there somehow. I don't know how you can have okay. Christmas in space, but that's a challenge that any of these studios that actually figure that out. Yeah, we we, we have um, a lot of fantasy stories, but not sci-fi ones. Uh, I agree with that. Um, yeah, like even, um, what do you call it? The big one. Ooh. Uh, uh, the guy with, uh, what's this? What's this? What's the name the of that The Night show? Before that? Christmas. Night Before Christmas. Yes. Full, that's fantasy on, on another level, isn't it? That's mm. fantasy on another level. But when you talk about sci-fi, you're right. Like, Batman Returns was um, set around Christmas. Um, yes, it was. But yes, it, it was. wasn't, it didn't play a, Christmas didn't play a big part in it, just like you're trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, so, so you're right. Um, I can't think of any other films. It was Scissorhands, maybe? Uh, I know that I was... Think, I think that might go over a period of time, multiple time periods throughout a year. But I don't think it actually stops um, and says we are a Christmas movie. I think it's actually like for a whole time period with Edward Scissorhands. But Ken, I want to move on and talk about personally, I think is uh, right now, one of my favorite Christmas movies. There's actually two of them. First one is Klaus. Uh, and second one you haven't seen yet, uh, Jingle Jangle. But um, you haven't seen either. Oh, no, this is disappointing. But what I will say not to be <laughs> spoilerific, but semi-spoilery because I want to give, you know, flavor text to this. But like, let me let me talk about Klaus first. Um, I think Klaus is a genius film in the sense that it takes 
the concept of Christmas and Father Christmas and flips it on its head. Like it also takes the idea of mythology and flips on her head and actually gives an origin to Father Christmas, but in the most unexpected way. And the animation in it is gorgeous. I think it's it's weird. It's like it's mostly 2D, but there's no like bold outlines of the characters. It's like it's just done with the coloring. It reminds me of old school Disney when they just hand animated everything. But the actual coloring and shading is very almost 3D like it's you have to actually watch it to actually see it and understand it. Yeah, but, no, no, I, I've seen a couple of things on it. I just haven't seen the film. What, what I think what they did, they had this very, very creative um, way of doing lighting mm-hmm. on um, on the 2D. So it, oh, it, it's so creative. It they the, the approach that they took was to uh, digitally add. Uh, uh, amazing shading like mm-hmm. I don't know what to call it but they added something to it that made it simulate 3D mm-hmm. but once uh, well, it's just like you, you run it on the um, on the system and it's not perfect and then you have mm-hmm. someone to actually adjust it to make it look uh, cleaner um, this is something that I've always looked forward to like I've always said oh one day they're going to make 2D look like 3D yeah. and they finally figured it out with this film Yeah, and I, I'm so impressed with the whole te- uh, technology of, of it behind it. Yeah. Um, I, I'm yet to see the film, but I keep seeing uh, amazing, like, oh, they revolutionize animation. I, I'm more excited to see what they do after this, yeah. how they can um, go back. Because it's, it's, it's almost like a bridge. Well, not quite a bridge, still more on hand animation side. Um, I wonder if this will give people more reasoning to go back to hand animation. It being as, well, it was a lot more difficult for sure. But... The, the animation nowadays has been an over-reliance on 3D. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Some of the best animations that I've seen that have been in films or TV shows have come from 3D. Um, yeah. The uh, Into the Spider-Verse with Marvel Morales was an amazing um, 3D film. Yeah. Um, so there is still uh, reasoning for it to be out there. Uh, it's just that we can see a big shift to 3D and an abandonment of uh, 2D animation. And yeah. I wonder if um, this is going to be a resurgence of 2D with this new technology because it is quite, it is quite nice, man. Um, I mean, what would you think? It's a fascinating thing. Um, I I love 2D animation. Like we see it still being used in, uh, in a, a little bit in America, um, a little bit in Japan. Japan it seems to be uh, transitioning into 3D with their animation, but. Um, I think the, the the biggest barrier is it's not very cost effective anymore, uh, no. and the studios are trying as hard as possible to be a you know efficient with their money. So that's why they cut corners with three D. But to see a film like this, where if they are using like modern three D rendering techniques, it's very minimal or it's used to accent the two animation and i think that's absolutely brilliant but yeah. um to move on from that let's talk about jingle jangle now jingle jangle i think is a is a brilliant film that everybody should watch this christmas um not, not to be spoilerific but the basic rundown uh from the description on netflix is a netflix joint both of these films are on netflix uh, they're exclusives um 
And this is the synopsis on Netflix. Decades after his trusted apprentice betrayed him, a once joyful toy maker finds new hope when his kind and curious granddaughter comes into his life. Now, that is pretty much very, very simplified in terms of what this film is about. This film is brilliant because it's predominantly a black cast, a black family, but it doesn't bring up a point of it. It doesn't stop to tell you that, hey, it's set in this own kind of little pocket dimension. Um, there's no history of like, oh, they're slaves and they landed in England and they managed to, no, this guy is a genius and he's a genius at making toys. That's his interest. He loves making crazy inventors, inventions for kids to play with. And he has an apprentice that betrays him and he becomes cold after that. He doesn't care about anybody. He, you know, before that he loses his wife and that's just sends him even further down into darkness. Um, but I, I love the, the production of it all. The um, well, yeah, it's, it's, it sounds sick. Like I, I remember just watching the trailers before we even got into the pod, mm-hmm. and I was I was convinced. I was like, "Yep, I, I'm getting the, those feelings. I'm getting those goosebumps about Christmas. I can feel the cheese from this already." But I, I, I don't care because that's what Christmas is all about. See, um, it's, it's good cheese. I love though. That. It's good cheese. It's expensive cheese. You can see that in the in the production quality, uh, the music. Um, some of the, the the best music I've I've heard in any musical. It's a musical, by the way. Uh, so be warned if uh, musicals are not your cup of tea. But oh no, I, I mess with musicals all day, mus- every day. Musical are dope. Mu- I, I forget what you heard. <laughs> musicals are the one thing that can enter my cold, dark soul and just warm it up just a degree or two. And, oh uh, yeah, hundred percent, man, hundred percent. Yeah, um, like they got they got music uh, performed by um, by Usher, a brilliant song. I think is one of the opening numbers, and is brilliantly done. But I recommend everybody watch Jingle Jangle. Ken, get on it. Uh, it's I'll be shocked if you don't like it. But I, I, um, no, no, I I really feel it. Um, I wonder if it passes the uh, Christmas definition test that we came to. Like, so is the reasoning for this film happening linked to Christmas? As in, is Christmas a defining factor or motivator for the plot to happen? Just like we've established with the previous um, Christmas films. Does Jingle Jangle pass the Christmas test? So the the weird thing about it is that because it's kind of set in its own kind of world, Christmas is not Christmas. It's like um, they don't mention Christmas overtly. It's just this guy that creates presents and the kids. And I think it's another attempt to not be exclusionary because, again, certain denominations do not celebrate Christmas. Like for them, it's just another day. Like Muslims don't celebrate Christmas. So I think because they don't specify Christmas or Christ or Jesus or anything like that, it's a way for everybody and anybody to enjoy the festive nature of this time period. Because I think ultimately you can have your personal religious connection to this time period. But also I think it's a time period for everybody to get together and enjoy each other's company. And I think this, this movie does does it brilliantly but the crazy thing you really think about a lot of christmas movies they don't talk about christ 
it's Christmas as no, a brand, no, you know? It, it's Christmas as a tradition. Yeah. And that, that's what I was trying to get at with um, Jingle Jangle. It seems that Jingle Jangle, by definition, isn't a Christmas film. <laughs> it's a holiday film that mm-hmm. has Christmas feelings and uh, uh, um, uh, kind of accents throughout the film. But yeah. like you said, it's set in a fantasy world um, that has, you know, things that look Christmassy, but is not Chris is 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 not enough to do with the actual traditions of Christmas because it's not obviously not set in our world. No. You can even say the same thing with um, oh, what film was I just thinking of just now? Um, Frozen. Yes, Frozen is getting watched a lot during Christmas mm-hmm. because of what? Because it reminds people of Christmas because of the snow and the ice and the whole like festivities on the joyous nature that Disney always has. Yeah. But once again. Even though it has some of those themes, just like Jingle Jangle, technically it's not a Christmas film because those um, those films are not celebrating Christmas. And yeah. Christmas, therefore, is not a driving force behind the plot. So Frozen doesn't make it either. Yeah. <laughs> that was Jingle Jangle. It's not going to stop people from watching it during Christmas, just like a lot of these films. Like, I, I watch certain films every Christmas that have nothing to do with Christmas. I was just about but, to talk about that, actually. I think a perfect example yeah. is yeah. every Christmas, we run through uh, both Harry Potter and The Lord of the Rings. Aha. Do you know what? Funny enough, Christmas does play a small part in Harry Potter, but as like mm-hmm. a passing of time, just to show that right. time is passing rather than it actually being the driving force of the plot. So yeah, yeah, no, no, you're right. It's not a Christmas film, but it it does feature a little bit of Christmas. But mm-hmm. neither does Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings is complete fantasy, nothing to do with Christmas. Mm-hmm. I want to play a quick game, Ken, and Please. this is something that I thought about when i was going through netflix bear in mind i love netflix but it's kind of like a love hate i think with certain updates they've done they've completely messed up how to actually find things so i tried to find like christmas movies because i wanted to get into the spirit of it all and i tried to search christmas and realize there's some really really dumb christmas movies out there like just done with their names so what i wanted to do is that i am going to read a name of a Christmas movie. And I want you to guess what that film is about. Even if you want to make up your own synopsis, I want you to break it down. So let's begin with Christmas Made to Order. Christmas Made to Order. Ooh, okay. Uh, Let me just apply logic. So if I'm hearing Made to Order, that Mm. sounds like a custom ordering of something and it might be for food almost feels like Christmas to go, like a, a Christmas food wrapping or something. So Christmas to order means something being delivered. Oh yeah, presents being delivered. So I'm, I'm just throwing logic at this. I, just, I don't know if this actually is the real uh, synopsis or anything, mm-hmm. but um, it's about uh, someone working as uh, one of uh, Father Christmas's elves and they mess up an order and now they have to buy themselves figure out a way to deliver the order and so they get into a whole james bond suit up type thing running through uh the reindeer stealing one of the reindeers swooping down to earth and delivering a package for a little girl uh but using the worst reindeer one that has a limp and everything and that that's why everyone's all sympathetic about it because rudolph is a bit of a dick and he manages to deliver it but then he destroys it and then 
you know, the little girl's like, I don't care about that. I just care that someone tried to give me something on Christmas. And everyone says, oh, like that little kid in Jing- uh, Jingle All The Way. I was like, oh, my, the real gift that I wanted was you, dad, not the toy. Oh, so yeah, Christmas to order. And I got one thing to say to you. Yes. Make that movie because that's far more interesting than what this is. So this is a synopsis on Netflix. Christmas made to order. An architect hosting his family for Christmas hires a holiday coordinator who winds up bringing up much more than festive decorations into his life. That is it. What? (laughs) And it's the most generic looking poster you can think of. Just two people standing next to each other. Moving on to this one this one here i think is absolutely brilliant um because i don't <laughs> i don't know how these two things collided but a cinderella a, sorry a cinderella story christmas wish christmas wish no a cinderella story colon christmas wish that's a dumb title. <laughs> yes. That's a dumb Break title. it down for me, Ken. What is a Cinderella story, colon, Christmas wish? A Cinderella story. So they're kind of making it seem like it's linked to Cinderella's story. So maybe what they're doing is a twist on the actual story. Uh, and the whole idea of wish, you know, you got the uh, fairy godmother. She kind of grants your best wishes. So maybe it's a fairy godmother that's not particularly good at her job. And um, she finally, you know, gets to Cinderella, but it's not quite what we expect. You know, maybe it's a story where Cinderella isn't the perfect, naive child that is bullied by her siblings. Maybe, um, oh, do you know what? It'll be set in now time. It's not set in the back in the day. It's set now where um, she's a working hard woman and then she feels horrible about life. I feel like I'm describing another film. Oh, I am describing another film. There's a film that came on Netflix. No, that Disney Plus came out. Disney Plus. I'm describing another film that came out Disney Plus about a fairy godmother. I feel, like you, I feel like you wrote this film because what you just described is this film. Oh, swear down. Well, hey. um, despite her vain stepmother and mean stepsisters, an aspiring singer works as an elf at Christmas at a Christmas tree lot and finds her own holiday miracle. Uh, that is yeah. just lame. <laughs> now, there's there's this trilogy that I want to mention, right? And oh, yeah. I think every time I see this name, uh, there's actually one that's a trilogy. Another one is actually, I think there's a, they made two. Um, it's called A Christmas Prince. A Christmas Prince? Yes, there's three of them. So you have A Christmas Prince, a Christmas Prince, the Royal Wedding, and the third one, A Christmas Prince, the Royal Baby. Now tell me, Ken, what is a Christmas Prince? Is he a prince that only exists during Christmas? Or is he a prince that came along as your gift for Christmas? Do you know what? It goes back to the definition of Christmas films, Mm -hmm. where a lot of the Christmas films that we talk about, the Christmas is the driving force behind the film. This, they are forcing Christmas as the driving force. It has, oh my gosh. They, it's a dumb name, A Christmas it's, Prince. It's what does that mean? So this is a synopsis. Prince. This is a synopsis. A, Chris, a Christmas comes early for an aspiring young journalist when, she, when she's sent abroad to get the scoop on a dashing prince who's poised to be king. Okay, that's, that's a concept, um, I guess... 
but the name A Christmas Prince, then to move on to the sequel, A Christmas Prince, The Royal Wedding, a year after helping Richard secure the crown. So apparently in the first movie, he wasn't going to be automatically crowned. This journalist during Christmas had to help him secure the crown, I guess. The journalist saved her. She saved the crown for him. I'm guessing shenanigans. going to marry them. You know, Amber returns to Aldovia, I guess you've got to create a generic Eastern European country. Maybe it's a real one. Is, is that next to Eddie Murphy's coming to America fake country? Maybe? No, this one is, is in Eastern Europe. Uh, Zamunda is ah. in Africa, right next to Wakanda. Um, right, right, right. Of course. So Amber returns to Aldovia to plan their wedding, but her simple taste clash with royal protocol. Oh, can you believe that? Like, they're not allowing her to have her own taste, even though she helped the prince secure the crown on Christmas because he is a Christmas prince, dumbasses. Um, yeah, this film literally doesn't... They just use Christmas as a way to capitalise on Christmas. This is such a... Uh, what do you call it? A cash grab for Christmas because when you think about it, this plot, or the plot for the first one and the second one, can literally happen... Any time of the year, any time it didn't of the year. Christmas. Could he Christmas have been the Halloween happens. prince? Could he have been the Hanukkah simple. prince? Simple, simple. He, he could have been the the the. And the, the weirder thing about it is that we are assuming that this country is, you know, at least Christian or Roman Catholic to actually celebrate Christmas. They, it could have been like an Islamic nation in Eastern Europe. But is how many? Yeah, yeah. It could be, like you know the fact that you're dumping this whole culture of Christmas on this Eastern European country. Bear in mind, he's made up, so you can do whatever you want. But I say thee nay. I see you are taking the piss Maybe with nay. the <laughs> with a Christmas prince. Now, bear in mind, they've made three of these films. The third one, a Christmas prince colon the royal baby. Christmas brings the ultimate gift to Adovia. A royal baby, but first, Queen Amber. But now she's become queen. She's not even like crowned princess. She just went straight to queen. I anyway, no royal blood, but she's a journalist that secures the crown. They're not. They're saying like we're not really feeling your taste for Christmas, but hey, we're Tony, gonna make you queen. Tony, Tony, I just realized something. This really is a Christmas film. Do you know why it's a Christmas film? Because this is ridiculous. It Only Christmas to do with films. Nothing. <laughs> Only Christmas films can do ridiculous things like this and tell you it's real. And Think made about three the of real, them. The they world. made three of them, Ken. Exactly, exactly. If, if that ain't the definition of Christmas spirit, I don't know what it is, like where you can do crazy stuff like this and get away with it. Because in reality, things like this don't work out. For example, let's look at uh, uh, Miss Marvel getting married to Harry. Like, mm-hmm. It's more or less the exact same... Well, not the exact same story. She was an actor, not a journalist. And he's not uh, uh, um, the king and she's not the queen. But it got really dark for her. Like, the the amount of racism and uh, um, opposition to a foreigner. um, I don't know if it was race. I don't know if it was because she was American. Don't know because she wasn't... Because she was an actress or that she wanted change. But people were very nasty to her. So just how, like, people were praising... Right. Fam... We know, we all know, yeah. but it's just it's just so sad to see that. And then we have a film that she probably is living vicariously through, like, oh, it must be nice. <laughs> oh, yeah. a foreigner comes over to this other country and becomes queen. 
and has a child that everyone accepts. It must be nice. Because best believe people are not nice to her, not nice about her baby, not nice about Harry. Boy, it's, it's just a, it's peak times, man. It's, it's really, really sad. And that's why this is a true Christmas trilogy, because this is just ridiculous. Because this wouldn't happen. I didn't like, even finish off the synopsis, synopsis, you know. The crazy thing is, oh, it gets please, crazier please. than what I actually said. So, Detail. after, like, Christmas brings the ultimate gift to Aldovia, a royal baby. But first, Queen Amber must save her family and kingdom by unwrapping a monarchy mystery. So, there's a mystery going on, Ken. A royal so, it turns Scooby-Doo, a Christmas Scooby-Doo film about yes. royals. Yes. I love it. I love it. Uh, Sign me up. It's, Take all my money. It's weird, but you know, let me give you two more, two more. Let's let's two go more. for two more, right? And let me we, we find one hour. The we we one hour. That's fine. That's fine. Um, and the night before Christmas. Bear in mind, I'm going to give you a clue. The night is not a period of time. Oh, my chest is in pain. <laughs> oh, I'm in Spain right now. About the S. Oh. Mm-hmm. What the night before Christmas? The night so he's before a Christmas, night. Mm-hmm. the night of the round table. So he's one of King Arthur's legendary warriors, and he's tasked to deliver a gift during a snowy night to a uh, maiden in another in another uh, kingdom. And then mm-hmm. he gets come across ice monsters, and he has to use a special sword that Merlin gave him so that he can overcome all the dangers and the problems. And he has a plucky sidekick with a very um, a, 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 a motive horse or animal, maybe a dog that helps defend him as he receives uh, all the issues that come towards him throughout this snowy land, finding someone in the wo- in the woods, some wolves, some bears, lions and tigers for some strange reason. And then he finally gets to the woman and then it ends the exact same way like the other synopsis. She's like, I didn't want, really want this gift. All I really wanted was the spirit of Christmas. And then everyone says, aww. And then they get married for some reason and kiss underneath a mistletoe. But then she gets at him for me too because she didn't want to kiss him underneath a mistletoe. You're not even close, Ken. Uh, A medieval medieval (laughs) magic sends a 14th century knight to modern day Ohio. Ohio, I don't know. Where he falls for a high school science teacher whose delusions... let me let me start again. Let me start again because even reading it is confusing me. Medieval magic sends a 14th century knight to modern day Ohio, where he falls for a high school science teacher who's disillusioned by love. So she has to contend with the fact that one, she's heartbroken. She's she 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 just can't really get into the spirit of Christmas. She's a science teacher, so odds are she probably doesn't really believe in religion. So Christmas is just kind of like a festive time anyway, but for some people it's very depressing. This guy travels through time to see her. So she has to contend with that. So at first she's probably thinking, yeah, whatever, you're not really a knight. He somehow proves it to her. So she's contending with time travel being a thing, re reevaluating her concept of what, what science is. And falls in love with him at the same time. I I don't know, Ken. Starring Ve- Vanessa Hudgens. Bear in mind, that's a point that I wanted to Ooh. make. Because... Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, Ooh. Vanessa, baby, no. Babe. Oh, no not Bro. this one. Ven- Vanessa, Vanessa Hudgens, she's a babe. 
she's she's yeah. she's cute in a way she's weird especially in 2020 because i don't know whether you see some of her social media but she's been very strange she's no very strange. I, I have no i have no interactions with her online to be honest so i i have the first, her first occurrence of strangeness was getting on social media unprovoked basically going on with a cutesy voice it's like well i i don't know like I guess people getting coronavirus, you know, but people are gonna die, you know. Uh, uh, Vanessa, like, no, baby, uh, no, mm, baby girl, no, no. Yeah. Shut and up. You, she blamed <laughs> it on not eating and drinking. Then she does oh, a video a bit late, a bit later, where she's just kind of arriving on her bed, but she chooses to record it. I, I don't know, but the reason why I, I mention <sighs> the babe. Uh, Vanessa uh, Vanessa Hudgens because she's done not one but three Christmas movies on Netflix and the next one um, that I want you to break down this will be the last one I was going to add another one called the Christmas Operation Christmas Drop which is ridiculous in its name so we're not going to get into it but yes the princess switched and the princess switched again tell me Ken what is the princess switch are they doing a parent trap type story ding, where ding, they? Ding. Oh, there we go. Got, uh, at, least I, at least I got one. <laughs> yeah. So when a down-to-earth Chicago baker and a soon-to-be princess discover they look like twins, they have Jeez. a Christmas time plan yeah. to trade places. Uh, everyone's throat's getting punched. This is terrible. <laughs> the sequel, the princess switch. Sequel switch yeah. again. When Margaret's oh, Christmas coronation compl- complicates her love oh, life, chest her double Stacy steps in to save the day. But will a third lookalike ruin the plans? So there's there's three a people. There's three oh, people God. in this world that look identical enough that they can switch places to, with a royal princess. Oh, what a stretch! So that's stretch. that's. That's that's been a real one. So um, I mean, it's not unlikely that we've seen uh, copies of, of of people in films, but then they usually try and give a reason. It's usually a sci-fi film, for example, like uh, Oblivion with Tom Cruise, or even the Clone Wars with well, the clones. Um, but at least they gave us a reason. With this, coincidentally, we have three people that bloody look alike. Oh, I, My- I can I can give you the the reason, Ken, and I'm, I'm I I they probably don't address it in the films. But the king has been getting around. He goes on his royal trips to to places like I don't know Ohio, and well, just do, do, do you know what it sounds like? Do you know what it sounds like? It sounds like Eddie Murphy's dad in Coming to America literally gave this guy the same advice. Mm-hmm. My son, soil your royal oats. Yeah, literally, go out there and bang. That's more or less what he said. <laughs> and this guy's like, you know what? I'm, a, I'm, I'm going to create women that look the exact bloody same. Bro, you, you hit the nail on the head before, though. It's like only a Christmas movie will come up with this ridiculousness and not have a reason to justify itself. It's just say, nah, don't, just go with it. Just go with it. Bro, film. well, these films that you've said, as terrible as they are, they're only Christmas by name. They don't pass the Christmas test. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't pass Christmas test. By definition, though, very few of these films will because it's like outside of actually breaking down the origins of Christmas or including Christ into the storyline or maybe Father Christmas. 
every Christmas movie is just tangentially about Christmas. It's just something that happens during Christmas, but they, they need to give you the drama to actually justify its existence. It's always like somebody trying to get over a breakup during Christmas or somebody trying to save their grandma from cancer during Christmas or somebody discovering that they're Siamese twin and they want to get separated for Christmas as their Christmas gift. Yeah, that one's a bit dark. But what you're saying is absolutely true. They're just using Christmas as a backdrop um, rather than it actually playing a part in the actual plot um, or the driving force behind the plot. There's even yeah, like a season of it's... the Madagascar TV show that's all about Christmas. I don't Actually, it's not even Madagascar. It's a DreamWorks holiday classic and it's basically all of the DreamWorks characters in a Christmas special. But again, it's just the DreamWorks characters using the Christmas motif, but hey this is this is this is the world that we live in and this is the this is why we love it right we stick on something we don't really have to care it doesn't have to be you know this this work of art we just want to watch something feel good and say hey get the pies get the drinks get the turkey it's i mean it's it's a form of marketing and i agree with you Uh, Mm -hmm. but it's also a form of marketing just how like we have certain actors that play in certain films or we um, have certain things that we see in trailers that become very, very popular, like the uh, Inception horn um, that seemed to be everywhere at one point or shaky cam after, you know, uh, Jason Bourne films. Like it's just something that entices people to quote unquote watch something. So with all these Christmas films, well, they slap Christmas in front of it or slap things that feel Christmassy because they know at Christmas time, people are most likely going to watch this. Some of the most popular Christmas media that comes out every single year are still relevant now. Like uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the song, and then the um, and then the Christmas special is still prevalent. It still happens. Um, you have The Grinch. We have three Grinch films, and all three of them are, well, I don't know which ones are more popular than the other. My, my personal favourite one is the Jim Carrey one. But mm. all three Grinch films or specials are still being shown and they yeah. will continue being shown because Christmas, the most popular, one of the most popular songs, I don't know if it's the, uh, no, it is the most popular Christmas song. Everyone knows it. I only have to say it and you know it. What's the most popular Christmas song ever made? Um, I don't know. Like off the top of my head, the first thing that came to mind was Mariah Carey's Boom, Christmas right song. there. You didn't have to even think about it. It came yeah. straight to your mind. Literally, Christmas as a backdrop for whatever you're doing makes money, just like all these other marketing ideas. You know, just like we said before, some of these films, they didn't have to be, they didn't have to slap Christmas on it. They don't have to do anything with Christmas, but they did it because they knew that it would <laughs> it would, it would make money. Um, yeah, it's, it's a seasonal or a holiday thing, just like you make a Halloween film because... Halloween, you, 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 nothing happens in January. You know, you don't make a January film. You make a, I've seen a couple of Thanksgiving films that you always make it topical based on what's happening in the world, in the calendar, because that's what makes money. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so um, they should just keep on going, man. These uh, C-grade films or D-grade films. These are Z-grade films, man. This is Z-grade <laughs> films. This is, it's not even in that bloody alphabet, man. This is the... This is the the letters of the alphabet that used to be in old English that say we don't need these anymore. Just 
somewhere else. <laughs> they're not even they're not part of the 26 <laughs> that's that's why they exist on netflix in the in the search only section like they don't even pop up in recommended or anything like that you hey, have to search pain, for these pain, films pain. <laughs> but uh, moving on uh let's talk about what's been happening in popular media i think the first thing to get out of the way is uh the passing of tommy lister jr um now yeah most for, people, for people that don't know who tommy lister the lister jr uh, was he was Debo? He was Debo in the uh, the first Friday film, the big black guy that was just a bully. Mm-hmm. Personally, had to get I, I like to fondly remember him as uh, the president, President Lindbergh in the Fifth Element movie. For me, oh, yeah, that's actually <laughs> my most pleasant memory of him, mostly because. They never stopped to say, hey, we got a black president in the future. It's like, no, he's the president of the planet. Moving on. Like, there was no, (laughs) there was no thing. Like, this guy that is just a six foot five bruiser. And yeah, he's president of the world. Well, I I hope it's not just like, because a lot of crazy things happen in that film. For the people that haven't watched it so many crazy nuts things and i think it's something it's, it's a staple of sci-fi that people need to watch yeah. i don't want it to ever be a thing where because there's so many crazy things that happen in the film they were like hey let's make the president black because that's another crazy thing we can do <laughs> ain't never gonna happen so I, I don't want it to be one of those things but you know it, it can be very easily that was a conversation where let's try and make as many let's put as many crazy things in this film you know like a black president and that's why he is. And then don't address it because, you know, <laughs> this will never happen, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, you're right. I, I do remember him from that film. Um, but the one that seems to be the most iconic is the Friday one. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I loved everything about it. He was, he played the dumb brute um, that just did what he did, what he wanted. And I also yeah. liked him yeah. for his role in uh, The Dark Knight. Uh, he was in this one scene near the end of the film where there's two ferries on the river. One is filled oh, with uh, pris- prisoners, and and I think maybe there was only one ferry, but it was a ferry filled with prisoners. Prisoners and no, there were two. There were two. Two, right? And civilians, and there was bombs and detonated on each one. The Joker gives people the option. It's like, if you press the button, the other ship will get blown up. Um, so there, they're basically debating on each ship, which one should get blown up. And obviously Batman can't do anything because he's nowhere near. And his character, who is the biggest guy in there, he's got like this milky eye, blind in one eye. And there was rumors that he was actually supposed to be playing uh, Killer Croc because there was he had a bit of burning on him that kind of looked like s- scales. <clears throat> Pardon me. Um, but what his character does, which I thought was a brilliant thing, was that he was the scariest looking guy there. But some, somebody that looked like he could be ruthless. He goes up to the guy with the detonator, takes it out of his hands and throws it overboard to just guarantee that the other... Ship. Even if the other ship decides to detonate their ship, it was to guarantee that nobody on the other ship died. Well, that was brilliant writing, brilliant casting to choose somebody like that because it subverts expectations. Yeah, I will always remember him for that role because oh yeah, for sure, they could have easily made him like 
the worst person on the planet, but to take something like that and flip it and redeem him, even though you've only seen him for like five minutes, that was dope. But um, moving on swiftly, another passing was uh, by the guy that was actually in the suit in the original series of Star Wars. Uh, he was actually in the suit for Boba Fett. Uh, Jeremy Bullock died at the age of 75. Uh, from Parkinson's disease. Um, but just to mention no. before, uh, Tommy Lister, he actually died of complications relating to coronavirus. Uh, oh, he actually no. suffered coronavirus early in the year, recovered, but later down the line, um, I think he might have had a pre-existing condition that maybe just complicated things for him later. So he wasn't able to survive. Uh, but Jeremy Bullock died at the age of 75 due to Parkinson's disease. He's he's a legend. Obviously, everybody loves Boba Fett, but we kind of related to another actor who uh, actually showed the face in the prequel films. So technically two people played um, Boba Fett, but um, unfortunately... Yeah. Well, yeah, it's the it's second... Well, this is reminding me about the big uh, character that was played by two uh, two actors in the Star Wars uh, franchise, and that was oh, what was his name? Uh, but the two, the oh, sorry, the three technically three actors that played Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, no, 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 uh, no, not Luke Skywalker, Luke's dad. Um, so Vader. Oh, you um, mean Anakin Skywalker? Anakin Skywalker. I don't know why his name just slipped my mind. So Anakin Skywalker was played technically by three characters. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the young, well, four characters if you want to count the the kid actor. Yeah, got the kid actor. You got the uh, teenage brooding uh, actor. Then we have in the um, in the original three Star Wars, we had the voice, the amazing voice of oh, what's his name again? Uh, that played the Vader voice. Oh, uh, James uh, L. Jones. James Earl Jones, aka yeah. Mufasa, aka uh, King of Zamunda. Do you know what's been crazy? If when it was like, let me check off the mall so I can see your face, and it actually was James Earl Jones. Oh <laughs> it's no! Like, oh, I'm black. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a very uh, con- that would have been a hard time for George Lucas to try to explain that one. Exactly. So he's wanted his voice, not his face. <laughs> yeah. He does, but he yeah, does, he does have a very commanding voice. He does. He does. Like Mufasa, forever legendary. Uh, but yeah, so hearing about the passing of the actor of Boba Fett made me realize that oh yeah, these characters are usually played by more than one person, and it's always yeah. you. You can do that when your face is covered. Mm-hmm. So Boba Fett's face was covered, so he could be swapped out by anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, Vader's face was covered, so you could literally replace his voice by anyone. As far as I'm aware, there's been four actors to be in the Vader suit. Um, I believe oh, no. so I'm not familiar with their names but on that note with uh, with Vader and Star Wars let's talk about the Mandalorian the the season finale of the Mandalorian how dope is that show tell me Ken how I mean, dope is that show well I, I, it's amazing for a couple of reasons I, I think the, the the main reason why I, I enjoy it so much is because um they don't care about, even though, well, let me not get into it too tough. Um, I think it's amazing because they actually try and explore the galaxy 
beyond what that they have shown in, in the films. In the films, it's very, okay, we have to be in point A, point B. We can't stop and smell the daisies and see what's going on in this world. Whereas in this show, it's like, oh yeah, there are rules to how things run in different cities on different planets and how different things move or how people act on different traditions. And they just explore it because mm-hmm. it's a TV show. There's only so much you can do in a film. Yeah. But the actual world building of this huge galaxy was developed on so much more and it was showing the part that they don't show in the films which is the ramifications of all of these quote-unquote star wars yeah okay this war is ended look what this has caused they tried to do it in the second um film so the um the rise of square wars what was it the um the last jedi yeah so they tried doing last jedi with the um the casino planet where they show, where they try to show, well, this is the ramifications of war. This is what's happening. I'm not saying that was a great scene. I'm just saying it was, that was one way that they tried to explore it. However, mm-hmm. in this show, they're actually showing, okay, what has happened to the empire? What's happened to the rebels? What's happened to people that fly X-Wings? What's going on? And what is the next step for the next big bad? And that mm-hmm. is using our, our little baby Yoda, AKA Grogu's blood to try and clone a brand new, um bad guy mm-hmm. um which is amazing like it, it, it's showing the road to resurgence of you know a very evil group and it also shows the ramifications of this journey on the surrounding people um and i love it i love it yeah. it, 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 it they lean in heavily to the uh the western aspect of the story so it, yeah. it's, it's a space western I see a space oh, yeah. western for the whole like journeying through uh, unseen lands, being a badass with a gun, um, and with oddly enough with a child companion, which we've seen quite a lot with some of these westerns. Yeah, and the whole aesthetic of it and the tense—it feels so tense at some points in the show. Oh yeah, it just lends itself more so to it. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I'm not saying it's a great show ever. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it's a great show ever. <laughs> I'm just I, saying I, it's, it's a really great show. I would say it's definitely one of the greatest. Um, what The thing that I love about it is also conversely the thing that I wasn't too keen on with the recent movies, the recent trilogy, oh, is yeah. that with the recent trilogy, they tried very hard to do something new, failing miserably by simply just regurgitating everything old. And yeah. it was just fan service, fan service, fan service, then pause, do something new, not really execute or commit to it, then revert back to fan service. Whereas the contrast with The Mandalorian, what it does is it, it takes everything interesting about Star Wars, which I think at this point is not even actually the movies. It's actually the TV shows, uh, the animated TV shows, the uh, the comic books, the novels, everything around the movies, not actually the movies themselves, they're actually taking all of that lore then using that to build something new organically saying that this is what's happened this is where it's gone to whereas the movies are saying like this is what's happened this is where we want to go but we're so scared we're just going to keep on talking about what happened Mm. and i think that was the downfall of those films but the season finale of uh the mandalorian was absolutely brilliant there won't be any spoilers here but um definitely you know, go watch that on Disney Plus and stick around for the ending. There's an after credit scene for that, uh, focusing on Boba Fett because he's getting a spin off show. I don't know whether you was aware of that, Ken. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out if it was a, if it's going to be a spin-off show, if it's going to be season three, because technically the show is still called Mandalorian. So he is a quote unquote Mandalorian. What they keep flipping back and forth to he say actually, he is he actually, and then he isn't. He actually um, isn't. He's a clone of a Mandalorian. So he yes. himself is not Mandalorian because I think the idea, especially set up with the character of uh, Mando, is the fact that Mando himself, the main character of the Mandalorian, wasn't born a Mandalorian. He was adopted into it. Conversely, with Boba Fett, he is not Mandalorian because his father was Mandalorian, kind of broke away from the sect, and he is only simply a clone that was raised by his father. So... yeah. He hasn't been initiated. He's only been kind of trained by his dad. He doesn't even really know the culture. He doesn't really care to find out the culture. You actually kind of see that in the show briefly. Um, for him, he's a bounty hunter. And that's what Boba Fett has always been. Uh, you know, Django Fett, his dad, was a bounty hunter who happened to be a Mandalorian. But for Boba Fett, all I know is I'm a clone. I was trained by my dad and I hunt people for money. That's all I care about. Yeah. And I think that's brilliant. But um, let's uh, let's wrap things up with a few few updates. Uh, In terms of Netflix, we have a few updates to the Netflix platform. Uh, There's Cora for any uh, Last Airbender fans. Obviously, The Last Airbender was already on Netflix. They've added Cora, The Legend of Cora. Brilliant show. It still holds up. It's gorgeous. Um, they've also added uh, two X Men anime X Men shows. I know I don't know whether you ever watched them, but I've actually started watching yeah. the X Men show, the anime, uh, the anime X Men show. I'm gonna move on to watch uh, Wolverine later, which I tried to in the past, wasn't feeling. But I'll tell you this about the Japanese X Men show: it is corny as any Japanese programming <laughs> you'll see. The melodrama is is on one thousand. Uh, but so far, it's actually it's been enjoyable. I'm still on the first episode, but that's a good look. Uh, I recommend you check that out, Ken, if you haven't seen it before. Yeah, yeah. I never watched it because um, I heard about how it was, and I was just like, pass. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. But yeah. because we didn't get X Men media for a very long time, I'll, I'll give it a look. Yeah. You know, everyone yeah. is a fan of the big uh, original '90s X Men show, and oh, X Men Evolution banged, um, yeah. and. Wolverine and the X-Men animation that came after that I, I never it. I never finished it because I was because I was tired I was sick yeah. and tired of X-Men being defined by Wolverine yeah. but we're not, we're not gonna get into that because we'll literally be here all night yeah. um but yeah yeah I, 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 I'm, I'm gonna give it time because once again we ain't getting X-Men for a long time um and Disney are still trying to figure that out so I will yeah I'll definitely give it a watch you said there was two of them, so I think I'll check out both of them, depending on which one's the shortest first. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cora, uh, oddly enough, if, if anyone knows, it did come out 2012. Um, and then uh, The Last Airbender uh, came out... Ooh, when did it come out? I think it came out 2005. So wow. Last Airbender is already 15 years old, and Cora is uh, about eight years old. Mm-hmm. And that says a lot that they're pushing these two shows. Um, Last Airbender was being pushed heavily when it first dropped on Netflix, and now um, its successor, 
the spin-off of Korra is being pushed fairly uh, fairly highly and it's because it's an amazing series I can't talk about this uh, uh, any more than I need to because once again we'll be here all night but these two series um, in terms of they they are a an expert storytelling in, in in character arcs almost every single character main character and side character has a full arc or a semi arc that allows people to really understand who they are and i think that's amazing like mm-hmm. it's not just like you're you're stuck to one uh emotion or not or anything because there is a character that is my favorite character which is zuko who started off as being oh he's the bad guy and then you get to learn why he's like this and his change and growth and development and how it feeds into Korra as well. Mm. So yeah, I, I can't recommend the show any more than I already have. Um, I would definitely watch the X-Men series though. Okay. Okay. That's good. Um, so you mentioned you wanted to say something about Star Trek. What's going on with Star Trek? Uh, Star Trek. I, I mean, yeah, I'm. I'm just. If it has sci-fi on the tin, I'm most likely going to check it out. Um, I'm really. I think it's the first Star Trek I've actually ever been into. Um, I really. I'm enjoying Star Trek Discovery, and I know just by saying that we've lost some listeners <laughs> because some people have a very, very negative opinion of it or don't think it's um, a good enough series mm. compared to previous Star Trek series. Which you know, I don't have a point of reference. This is my real first uh, experience of it properly i will be going back to the old ones but i'm enjoying it man like it makes me think how are they spending money on this show because it is beautiful Mm. uh the budget seems to be thrown towards it so yeah i'm i do enjoy the show um i think i don't know if they've done a season finale the last one was season finale but it's a show that if you're into sci-fi there's something there for you there's so much there yeah Uh, what do you think so um, I I am I'm enjoying the show. It's it's inconsistent. I uh, I definitely yeah. think that previous seasons uh, have been a lot stronger. Um, this this season seems to be a bit confused about what story it wants to tell and how it wants to tell it. Uh, the last episode I enjoyed, but it was very much um, it ended kind of sour for me because it was trying to be fan servicey for people that watch the original se- series i wasn't the biggest fan of the original series the one with uh lena nimoy and uh william shatner um but interesting to see how it goes uh i'm just watching it because i'm a big sci-fi fan i'm an easy mark you can give me like really poor sci-fi and i'll still give it a chance but for any people out there that wants an alternative to star trek there's also galaxy quest that's been added recently to Netflix, if you haven't seen it, it's pretty much about a bunch of actors that used to be in an old Star Trek-inspired TV show that got cancelled. They're doing a uh, convention, but what they don't realise is that they get picked up by a bunch of aliens that got old transmissions of the shows through space, became really big fans, and recreate the ship for them and ask them to help them on some crazy space mission it's a brilliant comedy it's you know for true sci-fi fans will really appreciate it um and it's a, it's a good watch but you know on netflix there's there's loads of great sci-fi but i think 
the best sci-fi that I've watched uh, right now, which I'd love to talk about in the future to Ken, uh, especially to you, Ken. I don't know if you watch it, but The Expanse, which is on Amazon Prime, is one of the greatest sci-fi programs ever created. The genius. Mm. Yes, the genius in trying. Ken, it gets better and better. I don't know where you fell off. Get back on that, you know, get back on deck and watch that. It's absolutely brilliant. Uh, Genius writing beautifully produced uh intelligent in terms of its execution i recommend it to anybody um and each season is a different flavor in terms of uh, how it is the first season is very much very uh, murder mystery slash alieny uh the sexy second season is more political and each season has its own kind of theme and flavor yeah i'm up for that i'm up for that sounds good yeah so uh to wrap up ken uh this has been a brilliant episode uh recording with you you've had a really great time just kind of reminiscing about christmas how are you feeling about today's episode uh yeah it didn't uh well no it it it, it made me realize that yeah i think a lot of my christmas time is going to be spent um and watching films yeah. and x-men some yeah. crazy japanese tv shows yeah let's go for it let's go for it how about you man how, how are you feeling I've really enjoyed it. You know, uh, Christmas is a time for, on a basic level, just to enjoy yourself, whatever you're into, you know, it's it's part of what we're doing here on the show. It's whatever you're into, whatever you geek out about, even if it's Christmas uh, and you love Christmas, it's good that you enjoy it. And uh, we just shared our side of how we feel about the holidays. And we hope that all of you out there that listen to this, have a brilliant Christmas and uh, next week we'll see you again with another show um, and we look forward to sharing more of ourselves with you and maybe it'll be a double feature because it'll be really close to Christmas again so we'll see yeah, how it goes. For sure I mean if anything everyone should if, any, if anyone's got anything from this episode is well just like these trashy films use Christmas as an excuse to enjoy yourself <laughs> use it as an excuse uh, these films didn't care so uh, why should you make it a thing enjoy what you can okay so thank you for joining us this week on On Deck with Tony and Ken hopefully we hear from you uh, we do another episode next week and you get to enjoy that so uh, say yeah. uh, say bye Ken adios people peace out Alright, bye.